You're listening to John's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And what a horrible way to start the weekend, mate. Watching our Bombers get absolutely pumped by the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And look, while we lost by a bit over 10 goals, to be quite honest with you, mate, I I think the scoreline actually flattered us a bit. I reckon they should have won by at least 15, just the way we played and... Uh, knowing that Brisbane missed quite a lot of easy opportunities that they'd normally snaffle up. No worries. I want to start off by saying, when we started this podcast, one of the things we wanted to be strong on was not to be a podcast where we bag our players and berate them. You know, we we wanted to be respectful of their players. But that's not to say we don't give criticism where we believe it's due and, you know, when it's effort-based. And sometimes it does appear that way. Um, other coaches coaching our players to play the way they need to? That's a question I ask. And when you look at the last three weeks in particular, you know, it really concerns me. You know, we were made to look second rate against the Bulldogs uh, for a large majority of that game. Uh, you then also had us playing the bottom placed Adelaide side that hadn't won a game since last year. And let's be honest, we fell over the line in that game. Although we held the lead for most of the match, the game was there for the taking for the uh, Adelaide Crows that game. And if not for an Adam Saad tackle late in the last quarter, who knows, we may have dropped that one. And when you look at North Melbourne yesterday, the way that he destroyed Adelaide, uh, I think it really reflects on where we are at a club. Because North Melbourne are no world beaters, let me tell you. And finally... Friday night's performance. It just was not AFL standard. Like, we were made to look absolutely second rate. And, you know, I just can't understand it. We've got some great players. Yes, we've got a lot of players out, but we have to look at ourselves and say, are we being coached correctly if we can't be competitive and we can only manage three goals in what was pretty good conditions? Because Brisbane didn't seem to have any problems scoring at their end apart from that second quarter where we made it a real scrap but you know they they got their goals much more easily than our three that we could manage yeah like so while we're five and three and normally you'd think oh that's that's going all right you've won more than you lost it's it's been clear to me like even in our wins apart from the Collingwood game they haven't been convincing at all Um, we have sort of fallen over the line for those wins generally. So, yeah, I think uh, the game against Brisbane was a real reality check for not only the team, but even us as fans to acknowledge, okay, this is where the team's at. We're not quite hitting our straps. And look, obviously, there's quite a lot of injuries to some of our gun players. However, the fact remains that, you know, when you look at really good sides... You know, over the years, you know, your more recent history, so Richmond, your Hawthorns and that kind of thing, there was a mentality of, you know, no matter who's out on the field, you stick to your structures and you play the game accordingly, play your role for the betterment of the team. And it just seems to me like we're really not doing that. You know, there's, um, you know, you, you can look at a bunch of blokes that put their heart on the line each and every single game However, the structures aren't holding up. You know, when you've got blokes like Hurley, Ridley, Saad, you know, all 
putting their all out there on the park, but we're not allowing them to play as, as well as they could because the ball just keeps getting pumped into our back line because our midfield and our forward line aren't holding up. It makes things very difficult for them. So, yeah, look, a reality check, mate. And, um, yeah, I like... I might as well get into it now, like some of the stats that really stick out to me. Now, when you look at disposals, so they've had about 70 more disposals than us across the ground, and that is actually made up of kicks. So we had 140 kicks and they had 210. So that's a lot of uh, footy they're they're getting that we're not. Um, Inside 50s, we actually won, uh, so 42 to 37. However, our efficiency, so just total disposal efficiency for us was 68%, which to be honest with you, seems a bit high for mine, but we're to Brisbane 77. But efficiency inside 50 for us was 38.1% to Brisbane's 59.5. So that just shows you, even though we had the ball in our forward 50 more than Brisbane, we just weren't able to use it effectively. Uh, so you're, you're more or less just coughing up your chances if you're going to do that. Look, free kicks, obviously Brisbane got the run of the green there. Uh, so they had 24 free kicks to our 16. There was some ridiculous calls. I mean, like we sort of bemoaned that one with Andy McGrath, James. That was just absolutely ridiculous, holding the ball when both players went at it you know, at the same time. And then two players really got into Andy McGrath and he couldn't get the handball out uh, and he was pinged for it. Uh, but another one that really stuck out to me was Dylan Shield. He just got, <laughs> he had his head ripped off um, when he was nowhere near the footy. And, you know, apparently that wasn't seen. But look, with the other stats, so the hit outs we actually won, so 34 to 25. Clearances we won, uh, 34 to 29. And centre clearances we, we killed them, it was 13 to 7. But where we let them go is uncontested possessions for them was 195 to our 133. So that, like, it makes it very hard for us to, you know, as a pressure side that we like to call ourselves, it makes it very hard to do that when you're 15 metres off the man every time they get the footy. You're always playing catch-up, a lot of wasted effort, and they're just getting free footy all around the ground. That's one thing that really stood out to me. Um, it's like... Yeah, just and even contested possessions, they won that 125 to our 110. So they wanted it more. They worked harder. They pushed for each other to create options and overlap run. And when they got you know 99 marks to our 41, again that goes to the uncontested play. They they just moved it up the ground, no worries. Like they chip it up to the half forward line in the wing. Our blokes were you know at least 5, 10, 15 off their man every single time. So our structures really didn't stand up on the night. And that's what's disappointing for us as fans. I know the the players are obviously, you know, putting their effort out there. But if you don't stick to your structures, they're just going to walk all over you. So that was a disappointing thing uh, for mine. And the big one was tackle count. You know, last week, when you know, we didn't play well against Adelaide, but we did put in the effort, we laid 70-odd tackles, I believe it was. This game dropped about 30-odd tackles, so we only made 39 to Brisbane's 50. So when they've got more possession, you know, by at least 70 70 touches, and they've got more tackles, that just shows, again, that they wanted it more, we didn't show up to play, uh, and that's the really disappointing 
thing for me. So I'll step off my soapbox now. And what did you have to say about those, Jane? Well, I'm going to go on a little mini rant here. And um, it's hard not to get wound up when you watch a performance like that. But I want to say, you know, as supporters, and I think a lot of Essendon supporters think the same way, if I had said to you before the start of the game, okay, how's Mason Redmond been going in uh, contested uh, when the ball's in the contest? And you would probably answer to me, oh, well, he's been struggling, to be honest. You know, we, we saw Jaden Stevenson kick a couple of goals on him and so forth. Uh, it's been numerous times where he's been beaten pretty easily. Um, you know, in one-on-one contest this year, yet our coaching group thought it would be a smart idea to play him on one of the most dangerous forwards in a big game up in Brisbane. Like, you know, okay, it was at Metricon, but even so, um, you know, it just seemed like a no-brainer you try sard on Cameron. Yeah. And the other benefit of that is is that Cameron um, will go and chase his own ball, but that will also allow Saad to use his judgment when he wants to work the other way. So, um, yeah, that was just a ridiculous decision. You know, two goals early to Cameron. And, you know, you feel for Mason Redmond, but surely the coaching group, if, if us supporters can see that he's struggling in one-on-one contests, I'm not going to go and stick the bloke on one of the most dangerous forwards in the comp. And, you know, it's decisions like this that really infuriate me because... You know, the coaching have so much more data than what any supporter can have, but yet we watch every game, right? So not just me, every Essendon supporter does. We make our own opinions, and with the data presented to us, that, that was a silly decision in my mind. Um, obviously, it wasn't made just for that one decision. You know, it was great to see Sam Draper get his debut. I, I loved it. But, you know, you've got to send a presence early. I would have loved to have seen Bell Chambers start in Meraki build a little bit of confidence from last week. I thought he did a really good job on O'Reilly last week. Sorry, Riley O'Brien. But, you know, again, we start him in the forward pocket. Look, I haven't seen Bell Chambers do anything up forward of note for a long, long time. So it's decisions like these that we play out of our structures and, you know, uh, we're not using our players. You know, to me, when you're playing a big game, clubs, you need to have your balances right and I just don't think we did that and I just hope that this is still John Warsfold having an input I really don't want this to be known that Ben Rutten's making all these calls because to be honest, if he is, I'm a little bit concerned about the next three years Yeah, it's a fair call, James like for mine we didn't lose this game at the selection table um, which is you know probably a bit of a rarity for us I think we actually got the selections pretty good it's the first time we've actually taken some brave selections and when I looked at the the list going into the game I thought you know we're, we're obviously trying to stretch them for height but again it comes to that to that those matchups uh, and our structures and yeah clearly when you've got a bloke down on confidence in Mason Redmond uh, and you've got a guy high on confidence uh, from a good start to the year in Charlie Cameron that's a matchup that would yeah, basically send um, send you thinking, you know, what the hell's going on here? And it didn't work out for us quite easily. So poor decision there. And for Bell Chambers, like I actually think he battled manfully all night, but you know he just couldn't have a presence down there. And even Stewart, I, I really actually felt for him on the night. He was getting manhandled 
uh, by at least two Brisbane players each and every single time the ball went down to the forward line. Now, if we could see that as fans, surely the coaching group could have thought, okay, if he's getting manhandled like that, that means surely we must have a, a free free bloke running around in the 50. Who should we start delivering to to give us the best opportunity to actually get some goals on the board? And clearly we just kept on bombing it in there, hoping that uh, Big Stewart would take a couple of grabs. Well, look, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but when you got Stewart, like he hasn't played a lot of AFL footy, He's not going to be taking those grabs each and every single time because he needs time to build back into AFL footy. Like, I've got big confidence in James Stewart. I think he can be a really good player for us. But you can't expect a bloke who's been two years or so out of AFL to instantly make a, a huge impact, particularly when, you know, we haven't even had VFL games to, to play, so he hasn't been able to build a lot of form. It's been those scratchies where you're playing 12 aside or 15 aside, whatever it is. So you obviously don't have as many players on the field and it's much easier to take a grab when you've got like a huge amount of space to run into in the forward line. So again, that's something we just really didn't look at. Uh, and then you had, we had a lot of passengers throughout the game that just couldn't find their way into the side. And I would have liked to see a bit of movement around the ground in terms of, okay, Mason Redman, like he's down on confidence, he's getting beaten by Charlie Cameron. Look, let's give him a run on the wing, see if he can use his sort of competitive spirit and run and elite disposal along the wing wing to, you know, get the goal get the ball going forward for us. But we yep, we didn't do that. Blokes like Ham, he couldn't get into the game. Um, should we have I know maybe chuck him in the pocket or like the forward pocket that is to see if he can use his smarts around the footy and maybe bring someone up the ground. So even at Townsend, bring him into the midfield or the stoppages to smash blokes at the stoppages, you know, a few tackles here and there, get him into the game. Like it's little things like that we could have thought of, uh, but we clearly didn't. And we just looked lost out there. Like Brisbane were by far a lot more structured, a lot more disciplined, and they took... They took full advantage of us, you know, basically being lost out there. So, yeah, it was a disappointing effort, but hopefully we uh, <laughs> we took some learnings out of that, James, because um, I know we keep seeing it too often for mine. Yeah, it's just a lack of passion we played through. And as I said, more concerning is, you know, we had that, you know, lucky win last week in some ways beating Adelaide. Uh, you know, we know the Crows kicked one goal five to our one goal three in the last. And, you know, if not for an Adam Saad tackle right near the death now, that could have been a loss. And when you watch Adelaide yesterday, I know no two games are the same, but Adelaide looked very second rate. And, you know, I'm just wondering where we're at. Um, you know, the Giants are not going to be easy. They're going to be hunting every win, you know, they're a bit behind the eight ball already. Um, you know, they've got stars like Jeremy Cameron and, you know, Toby Green and all these players that if we're not in our um, game, we're going to be really shown up. So we can't afford to, um, you know, our percentage took a massive hit on the night, came down 12%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sitting at 88%, which... You know, as I said to you last week, that's worth a game. 
percentage sometimes. Yeah. So we are in real trouble. Plus, we've got a lot of good teams at the back end of the year that we know we're going to play. You know, West Coast, Geelong, Richmond, Port Adelaide, St Kilda are playing great. These are the teams we're going to be playing. And to be honest, mate, unless we get some players back and you know, we're actually playing like we want to win. And, and let me just say that I'm not saying that pointing the fingers at the players saying they don't want to win, but you've got to be in a position to be able to win. And... The way we're playing at the moment is not going to get games done. No, it won't. Look, I wanted to go through some bits of the game uh, that I did notice. So, like, I agree with you. It would have been better to see Bell Chambers start in the ruck. Like, he obviously played quite well against Adelaide. It would have been good to see him continue that and then later on bring Draper in. Yeah, but it was good to see Draper in the ruck. Like, that first tap was just beautiful. He got it straight down to Shield. But, I mean... Even that bit of play showed to me how far off we were on the night because like, you couldn't have delivered that ball any better to Shield. Draper did it beautifully, but we couldn't even get the clearance. Like, you know, Shield didn't want to use his right foot, so he just handballed it on, onto, I think it was Merritt, and he handballed to McGrath. And there was just a whole bunch of handballs there where we should have just pumped it forward. And like in the end, Brisbane got the clearance. And we were lucky Cameron missed the goal there. And look, later on, Cameron and Neil got a couple of goals. McCarthy got a goal. Uh, they missed a couple of really gettable shots from about 30 out on a slight angle. And they kept pushing forward. So we were really under under siege early. But then there was a, a good bit of a play by Tommy Cutler. Like he had a good run on the wing there. And some beautiful delivery to, to Draper inside 50 and what I liked about that, like while Draper didn't kick the goal, he backed himself in to have a shot. It was from a tough angle, but I, I just liked that he backed himself in to have a ping. And look, we actually only got our first goal from a, a really bizarre bit of play, really, where the Lions player just hesitated with his options and ran too far with the ball. So a bit of a brain fraid from him. And then uh, Cameron gave away a 50 when he just thought he'd uh, accidentally kicked the ball away. Uh, and that's where Dev Smith got his got his first goal. But, yeah, apart from that, and then a, a really nice kick from, from Parrish in our forward 50 to hit up Cutler from about 25 metres out. Again, he missed the shot, and he really, that's that's one of those really gettable ones he should have kicked. Um, but other than that, you know, it was really disappointing first quarter from us, and we trailed by 24 points the first break. And, like, from that point, it was very hard to see us ever sort of getting up from that position, particularly the way we started the game. Yeah, we spoke at quarter time, mate, and you know, I said to you, you know, as it is at the moment, I'll take a 24-point break going into half time if this is going to be, you know, if we can kind of even out the next quarter um, and then build from there because I just thought we were blown out of the water. But, um, you know, I just hoped, I thought, we can't play much worse than that. Let's try and... Um, you know, let's try and settle down now. You know, grind out the next quarter. In essence, that's what actually happened. At halftime, we actually won the next quarter, didn't we? And even though it was an ugly affair, like we only kicked one goal and Brisbane was held goalless, um, it was one of those quarters that, you know, I could almost see, okay, we're grinding them out. Hopefully we're, you know, dozing them off a bit. You know, we're trying to grind it out and, you know, we, we have known 
this year. We've we've been winning ugly at times, and I thought, you know, if we can get to three quarter time, and only be, you know, within striking distance, a couple of goals behind, you know, who knew what could happen? But as you'll discuss, mate, we uh, we were never in that position. Yeah, I don't. It was a very scrappy quarter, really. Like the ball went end to end. And no one really made the most of their opportunities in that quarter. Dev Smith got a nice goal. And there was a great tackle by Draper, like right at the end of that quarter. But it was just a shame it was called in the back because the Adelaide player was gone for all money. So there was interesting interpretations there. And I sort of noticed, uh, you know, most Essendon games, the journalists will ask, worst fold, you know, are are you frustrated by the interpretation of holding the ball rule and like John Worsford actually said oh no I know the rule I know what the rule is are you frustrated by the interpretation of it and he he wasn't going to be drawn on that but you could tell that um you know it's getting pretty old where they'll like I forget who it was but um maybe it was McGrath or someone a bit earlier who basically got pinged and no it was Dev Smith he got Pinged and like the Brisbane player launched into his back and that was called holding the ball on Dev Smith. This one, Sammy Draper tackled him beautifully and that was called pushing the back from, from Draper. So um, look, another one of those ones we missed. And I, I don't like to, you know, get uppity about umpiring decisions, but geez, some of the interpretations were very iffy on the night. But look, as, as we go into the third quarter, there wasn't much to cheer about, really. Um, but Sam Draper took a huge hanger on the wing. It was just brilliant. And, like, it's just really exciting. Like, this bloke who's had a lot of props from people around the club and people within the VFL, like, we listen to the sash quite a lot, James. And you hear Paul Cousins uh, talk about the VFL side regularly. Oh, well, at least he did last year when the VFL was on. Um, and he has big raps on him in... It's just great to see that he's um, taken some confidence and just gone to fly for a few grabs, um, and that that was huge. And then the only real highlight other than that in that quarter was Tipper after not having much influence on the game at all. Like he applied some, he was you could see he was getting real frustrated, and he was just smashing every Brisbane player he had the opportunity to hit, uh, and that pressure caused like some of the young Brisbane defenders to to panic a bit, and they kicked it out of the full. Parrish got it and he kicked it through beautifully. So it was a good bit of play there, but other than that, wasn't much to cheer about, Jame. Yeah, it was a horrible performance by the club, but I must say uh, I was looking for silver linings in a very grey cloud. Sorry, And, um, yeah, obviously Sam Draper really uh, left an impression on me. I think he's going to be a great player for the Bombers. He's only 21 years old. And yes, he has had an ACL already, but it didn't seem to bother him on the night and he still had a pretty good leap and uh, yeah, there's a lot of promise from Sam Draper. I know, um, I agree with you, Anthony McDonald Tip Woody was definitely getting frustrated. But I actually like to see Tipper show some emotion, like how angry he was, and as long as he didn't get reported, obviously. But I just thought that showed a side to Tipper that I hadn't seen before. Um, so we obviously know he's in there and I think if he adds that you know, as long as he tempers it so that he doesn't get suspended that could be even more uh, scary for defenders um, in the sort of forward line uh, knowing that AMT is going to get you and 
you know, try and get you pretty bad. So, uh, but for me, we just had too many players that just couldn't find the ball. You know, I was going through some of the stats, mate, and I think I counted nine players that had under eight possessions of the game of the footy. Yeah, that's a lot of passengers, and you know, I think our top disposal winner was twenty. So if you've got nine blokes who can't get it ten times or more, um, that leaves you, what, 12 players or 13 players to pick up the rest and your highest position winner is 20. So um, it's a really, it's a worry that we cannot, you know, control the football and we're doing these haphazard kicks where they're just getting thrusted forward and uh, Harris Andrews loved that all night. Yeah, he did. Uh, and actually, so Andrew McGrath got 25 for the night. So, uh, But you're right, apart from that, yeah, the next next uh, biggest tally was 20 and there wasn't much else you know, from there. And you're right, like even Andrew McGrath, like he pushed all night, that poor bloke. He did everything to try and keep us in the contest. But when you're under pressure, like even he found it hard to get space so he was just, you know, trying to dish out a handball or a quick kick around the body, and he wasn't getting much penetration with his kicks. And yeah, like the their their backs just structured us, structured up so well on us. Uh, they had blokes all around the ground, and I don't know if they did drop an extra man back in our fifty to to double team Stewart uh, because we certainly didn't use him to best effect. And as you say, Harris Andrews just gobbled up the the ball all night and. Yeah, again, one of those games where we just made them look like absolute world beaters. When, if I'm quite honest with you, I don't think they had a fantastic game themselves. Brisbane, like, they're definitely capable of uh, doing a lot more than that. So, again, that's that's one of those funny ones where a 10-goal loss actually flattered us in the end. I thought we yeah, just weren't up to scratch uh, at any time on the game. Yeah, well, looking at the side, the way it's made up at the moment, without you know anyone else to come in, you know that's what uh, John Walsfold said after the game. He said, "Purely, only Cole Langford's the only person that can come in next week." Um, obviously, we knew McKenna and and McKernan were rested or managed for the week, um, so they're possibilities. But you know, we we haven't got a stringer to look forward to. We haven't got a Danaher to look forward to. These are the players like Heppel and so forth that give us a bit of backbone. So, you know, Kale Hooker's another leader out. So, like I said, we can't just blame injuries. But we're playing such a subpar level. And it's really not in fun to watch the way we play. And I think in the past with us is that even when we'd lose games, we, we had a bit of offensive bite to us now we seem to be you know tried to improve our defense at the expense of any uh attack and that's why we're scoring such low scores and what happens is when you do win you win by low margins but when you're not good enough to compete against sides and and they actually you know put you to the sword as i say then you've got your percentage just takes a battering and we're seeing that now 88% 88% percentage when your record's 5-3. and three, That's really troubling. Yeah, it is. And like even the commentators on the on the night were 
saying, geez, Essendon just looks so slow when we were bringing the ball up. So, yes, it's good to think about our decisions and who to kick to to make sure we don't just bomb it in hope. But effectively, we're just giving Brisbane time to flood back and get in best position to cut off any potential play we might have had. So, yeah, they, they just played us really well in the night and we failed to um, cut through their lines. And, like, another thing that... I mean, it's it's a, it's a constant theme for Essendon. We just can't take our chances, you know, even in that fourth quarter there. Like, James Stewart obviously struggled all night to even get the pill at all, uh, often ha- often seeming to have sort of two or three blokes hanging all over him. But then he got that shot late in the game. He was straight in front, maybe 15, 20 metres out, and he missed it. Um, so that's a, a bloke down on confidence and down on form, obviously having not played AFL for quite some time. But you gotta you got to kick those. And then, you know, Townsend got a shot soon after. He missed as well. And it, like, to me... If you're not kicking those easier ones, it just shows how far we are from being a top side. We looked absolutely miles off it. And while it's, while it's great when we do have a win, you know, with a 5-3 and three record, wins actually a bit of um, wallpaper over the cracks, really, because we've got plenty of deficiencies in our game. And as you say, you know, even in this next run of games where we've got GWS, Gold Coast, Saints... Uh, and then those last six games, which you've sort of spoken about, you know, West Coast, Port, and we'd have to even say Melbourne. You know, we're no certainties for any of those. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how we go. Look, yeah, we might get some some blokes back, but as we know, you know, if you've spent a lot of time out of footy, so whether it's by injury or, or whatever, you're not going to be hitting your straps straight up in the first game. So we can't just rely on these blokes to, to fix our woes. We have to not only structure up better on the ground um, and pressure harder in the game, not just rely on one or two blokes to get all our tackles for us, but we also have to you know, really play for each other. And if you're not getting the pill, at least put yourself in a position, do a shepherd, you know, lay a bump, anything like that that can help your teammates get the ball forward like imagine if Andy McGrath had you know five meters more space to actually lace out a kick to the forward line as opposed to him always having to go under the pressure of the time because no one wants to lay a tackle or lay a bump or a shepherd to help give him some space yeah well, one of the other disappointing things I wanted to bring up how many times did we see Brisbane have the ability just to chip the ball around with no pressure on and it was infuriating from home and I'm thinking, okay, when you can't get the ball, you go man on man. Generally, that's the smartest way to play because if you can't find the ball yourself, then you follow an opponent. And even if they're getting it first, you're in the same proximity of them getting the ball. So we didn't do that. And we just always dropped off and there's always one and it was a chip, chip, slow, slow play for Brisbane. But that suited them. And, you know, to me, we just... Again, a lot of this, a lot of the complaints that I've got is centred around coaching. And uh, as I said to you earlier, I hope it's more of a case of Warswold being stubborn wanted to add his two cents in. And this isn't Ben Rutten's or Blake Carousella's game plan. Because if it is, we really are going to struggle because we're not Richmond. 
We don't have a Tom Lynch. You know, maybe Joe Nanaher can fill that role later on. We don't have a Dusty Martin. You know, we don't have that player. You know, in my my mind, uh, you know, Dylan Shields is a poor man's Dusty Martin. And I mean, poor man, if you're paying $1 for Dusty Martin, I'm paying $0.25 cents for Dylan Shield. You know, and that's not a knock on Dylan Shield. It's just to say how good Dusty Martin is. So we really need to know that, you know, we've got to play with the personnel that we have in our club. And, you know, to me, we've got to get back to knowing what our strengths are and not trying to copycat teams that we don't have the personnel to copy. Yeah. But, in, like, in saying that, James, like, even when Richmond won that first flag in uh, 2017 or whatever, like, they didn't have a super team. Like, yes, they had some guns in there, like Dusty and um, and Rewalt and Cochin, but, you know, they had role players. And all you expect of your role players is to... Yeah, pressure, uh, tackle, just get the ball forward. They certainly weren't world beaters in terms of the individual players all around the park. They had a few like great players, um, but a whole lot of role players. And I think really, you know, we, we just need to be smarter. And it comes down to coaching in terms of if we're not winning the battles, change things up, have a plan B, because we certainly haven't shown that at all this year. But that was the game and um, another one that I'm happy to see gone. Uh, certainly <laughs> that one won't feature in a uh, Remember When segment at any time in the future. But <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I put it in the delete category. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I wish we had that ability to just delete things we aren't proud of and you know, that would be one of them. So... Um, yeah, let's leave the game there because I think, you know, talking about the game more is just going to roll me up again. So <laughs> um, we'll have a break. We'll come back and we've got to do our bomber votes, mate, our Don's cast medal votes. And uh, I actually had a, a nice comment on uh, Bomber Blitz and they said, uh, I feel for you guys trying to find five players <laughs> to give votes to. And, you know, hats off to that comment because... Uh, we we did have a discussion this time before we gave our votes and yeah, we were both clutching at straws, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, scraping the scraping the barrel, but some some games you you want to give votes to everyone, uh, and this was just one of those games where there were very few winners on the park. Yeah. All right. Well, let's have a break and we'll come back with the Don's cast votes. Listening to Don's Cast and our regular feature of the Don's Cast medal votes. As we spoke about before the break, this was very tough, mate. I'll let you do the honours first. Yeah, well, you know, we're really scraping for these ones, so um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who disagree with some of our votes here. But look, for number, for my first vote, I've um, gone for Tommy Cutler. I think he. He kept hard at the contest all game and had a couple of really good runs on the wing and delivered into the forward 50 pretty effectively. Only the 11 disposals, but on a wing, like you sort of don't expect huge 
numbers. He had a couple of shots at goal. Would have been great for him to kick one or two of those, but you know, didn't didn't pan out for us. He had a couple of clearances, which was good. Uh, three marks, but 394 metres gained. So he just showed what his value is to the side. Like he's got a he's got some good run in him, some good pace, but also a booming kick on him. So one vote for Tommy Cutler. Two votes I actually gave to Sam Draper. I thought he actually had quite a decent hit out for us. In the ruck, like he got 21 hit outs, so I think that's a, a pretty good demonstration there of you know how he's developing as a young ruckman. Uh, only the nine possessions, but a couple of really big grabs, which were really exciting. and He had three clearances as well, which is, I reckon, pretty bloody good for a, for a ruckman playing in his first game. And um, I just love the way he went about it. Showed a bit of aggression, which was uh, really good to see from Sammy Draper. My three votes I gave to Smith. He kept at the contest all game. But really, <laughs> really, when we only kicked three goals and he kicked two of them, uh, you couldn't leave him out of the votes. And he actually had 14 disposals, four clearances, would you believe, 320 metres gained, and uh, two tackles to go along with that. So... Oh, three tackles, sorry. So a pretty decent performance by Dev. Four votes I gave to Jordan Ridley. Again, our back stood up when we needed them to. We still got killed, but um, I thought his, his effort was really good. He had 20 disposals in the end. You know, four marks, a tackle, two clearances, 356 metres gained. So uh, another solid performance by Ridley. But for my five votes, I gave to Andy McGrath. 25 disposals in a game where we were beaten really soundly. Three marks, a tackle, six clearances. But interestingly, only 112 metres gained. So every position he had was under pressure, in tight. But I thought he, he did everything he could to try and get us going forward. But we just got soundly beaten all night, all around the ground. But I thought I just had to reward his effort on the game with five votes. How about yourself, James? How'd you see it? Yeah, as I said, this was very tough. I, I gave one vote. I, I, I gave Darcy Parrish a vote. I thought he worked hard. He you know, obviously didn't get a whole heap of the ball, but he, he did enough to you know, show that he's still going to be a midfielder in time um, when he's given more opportunities. You might be able to help me with his stats there, mate, but I noticed him around there getting a bit of the ball and, like I said, in a horrible performance and you've got to pick out five blokes, so it was difficult. But, yeah, Darcy Parrish, how was his um, stats on the night, mate? Yeah, so he had the 15 disposals, kicked that goal, which we talked about earlier, had a mark, made four tackles, three clearances, 188 metres gained for us. Uh, so definitely tried his guts out. Yeah, and I gave the same as you, two votes to Sam Draper. I thought, yeah, he, he showed enough to say that he's going to be a great player for the Bombers and, you know, not to put too much pressure on a first-game player, but, you know, he signed a big four-year deal. So we know the club are invested in him for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him develop. But, yeah, just those couple of marks he took that were real standouts and, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching him. And wouldn't it be great to have Draper and Joe Danaher in the same side 
and it gives you a lot more chances to watch a hanger each week. So well done to Sam Draper. Three votes I agreed. I gave Devin Smith three. I thought uh, there was probably one play where he should have given off a handball and decided to have a shot for goal and didn't make the distance. Um, you know, probably that was his poorest decision of the night. But uh, yeah, he did kick our, our two of our three goals. So you know, that's a, when someone's kicking two thirds of your goals, you, you probably should recognise them. So three votes for Dev. I just want to add to Dev, like, he just hasn't been able to tackle. Like, we mentioned this a couple of times each podcast. He's just not getting the numbers that he once did. So he was given a little bit more midfield time on the night, but he still seems a little bit off the pace. So you know, three votes to Dev. We gave four, the same as you, to Jordan Ridley. And this wasn't one of Jordan's greatest games, to be honest. Like, I think he had 10 kicks and 10 handballs. But he's such a reliable kick and, you know, he's starting to learn that the opposition are putting a lot of time and effort into him. So he's going to work hard for every possession. Uh, but, yeah, Jordan still had a really high efficiency rate. I think he still had 80% efficiency, even though we're under a lot of pressure. And then, uh, obviously, yeah, Andy McGrath was the, the choice for mine as best on ground, the five votes. He works so hard and, you know, I said on our Thursday night uh, program how a few supporters had said uh, Hugh McCluggage was the one that we should have taken and we missed him and rah, rah, rah. But, you know, if you were basing it off just the one game, I thought Andy McGrath looked a lot better than Hugh on the night. And, um, you know, depending, you know, showing how hard that Andy had to work to get his possessions, um, you know, Brisbane had a lot more of the ball and Hugh couldn't get off the chain. So... Yeah, well done to Andy McGrath. So five votes to him. Why don't you tell us uh, what our overall is at the moment, mate? Yeah, mates. So if I go from the bottom, so uh, one each to Cutler and Hurley, two to McKernan, three each to Laverty, Bellchambers, Hooker, Townsend and Parrish, four to Sam Draper, five to Zaharakis and Phillips, nine to Stringer, 11 to Dev Smith, 13 to Kyle Langford, 17 to Merritt, 26 votes to Shield, 42 to Saad, and up the top we've got Andy McGrath with 43, and 47 to Jordan Ridley. Well, what an effort by Jordan Ridley. Um, mind you, it's just us two giving votes in this little competition that we do, but um, you know, you'd think that you know, with Michael Hurley even adding that he reckons Jordan Ridley would be leading their best and fairest. Uh, you know, I bet you if we had a set at the start of the year, who do you reckon will be, you know, leading this competition in, in our little tips? I don't think we would have said Jordan Ridley would be in the top 10 names that we would have pulled out of that. So, Oh, mind you, mate, I did call him as the uh, most improved for us and uh, I think we're, we're seeing exactly that. But you're right, definitely wouldn't have expected uh, these sorts of numbers for him, and just how solid he's been all year for us. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. Well, well, let's have another break because uh, our next one is going to be a long process, and you know, uh, as we always say, we're mindful of the players, but we have to give our review for the numbers, and yeah, well, we're going to be as honest as we can. So that's next after the break. 
you're listening to John's cast. And, mate, we've got to do our by the numbers. And we start with number one, and we both gave him best on ground. It's probably a good starting point. But uh, what can I say? It's going to be downhill from here, mate. But uh, Andy McGrath, uh, we just spoke about him uh, when we both gave him votes but uh, for best on. But uh, he works hard, doesn't he? He's a real leader, I think, in that way. Yeah, he is, uh, and he's been so dependable. Like even when he his disposal hasn't been fantastic, he's always getting around the footy, always presenting an option. He's an absolute gun. Yeah, another great game from Andy McGrath. But as you say, uh, from there, there's a couple of other solid players. But then it's daylight, and then the rest of the side. Yeah, and I just want to say with Andy, and I know you brought it up a couple of times, that free kick paid against him, the one where he bent down and picked up the ball. Then he stood up and he was tackled by two Brisbane players and dumped into the ground. And then the umpire referring to him as diving on the ball. It's got to be the most ludicrous free kick I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of free kicks paid against him. <laughs> but that one was just dumbfounding. You know, I've, I just remember thinking, you're saying he dived on the ball? He bent over to pick up the ball, and then he was dumped by two Brisbane blows. How could you say that he's dived on it? It was just a ridiculous decision. And, um, yeah, like, a a non-Essendon supporter messaged me during the game, and he said, oh, gee, these umpires are absolutely murdering you. And I said, look, I can can say the umpires haven't been kind to us, yes, but we've got to be better than that. And he's... And his comment was, and, you know, take it for what it's worth, but he said sometimes um, when you get the you know, the run of the umpiring decisions you were getting, it just dispirits you. And I, I thought about that afterwards and I thought, you know, like we shouldn't just let umpires dispirit us, but you can almost understand um, why people would make that kind of comment. So, you know, we'd obviously want our players mentally stronger than that. Uh, they must have felt up against it with some of those calls. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, after that bit of play, obviously our our players remonstrated a bit, and we copped a fifty meter penalty for it. So it took them straight into the uh, straight into the goal square where it was slotted. But um, yeah, clearly our players are frustrated by these calls, and it's constant. I mean, apart from the Adelaide game, where to be honest with you, we had the rub of the green. Yeah, we've we've copped some uh, yeah a bit of a shellacking you know by the umpires, but you're right though we should be better than that. The thing I always think about with some of these performances is you really need to be you know a two three goal better side than the opposition to ensure that the umpires don't have a, a huge influence on the outcome. You know, and like equally like for the umpires, it's not like well I don't really I don't like to believe that. The umpires are just out there to get Essendon because, you know, you speak to any other um, fan of any other club around the league and, you know, it's their their team that, that cops the worst of it. But, you know, you just have to be a better side in the game and just move on and, you know, you're not going to change their decision by remonstrating against it. You just have to be be better on the ground and in the contest. So, um, now nah, Andy McGrath, uh, another great game from him. Uh, Tom Bell Chambers. Now, we gave him votes last week and uh, we thought he really outdid uh, Riley O'Brien. But, gee, uh, he's had three possessions on the night. He really 
has not done anything. And no, he wasn't helped by the delivery to him. But uh, I would hope the coaches learn from that. Tom Bell Chambers is not your answer up forward. So if you're playing Tom Bell Chambers, he has to do 70 to 80% of your ruck work, I believe, um, to get the benefits of him because he's a good tap ruckman. But as we've both mentioned, he doesn't get a lot of the ball after it, um, after the actual tap contest. So, um, you know, and I don't, th- I think his days of playing up forward, which he kind of did pretty well earlier in his career, I think they're gone. Um, so yeah, I just found him almost, you know, a wasted asset on the night because he just wasn't used the way that he needed to be to get him uh, a chance to get into that game. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, James. Like, so that was poor coaching from mine, not poor effort on Bell Chambers' behalf there. Like, you saw him actually launch for a few grabs, and you know, while he didn't take a lot of them, he was bringing the ball to ground. So I think he was playing the role that was asked of him. But he's not the bloke who's going to follow up on the contest and pick the pill up off the ground because he is more of a lumbering tap ruckman as opposed to a mobile type. So, yeah, again, and I fully agree with you, James. He should have been playing more in the ruck as opposed to Sammy Draper because Sammy Draper is a lot more mobile. And, yes, he did play well in the ruck, but if you're playing two ruckmen and one of those is Tom Bell Chambers, he needs to be taking the centre clearance because that's where he's best suited. He's not best suited around the ground because he was just showing up for agility. So I don't place the lack of impact on the game from Bell Chambers on his shoulders. That was poor coaching in my mind to, as you say, not make the most of what he brings to the side because what, like his number one asset is his physicality and that's certainly in the middle, you know, against the opposition. And I thought we really missed out on an opportunity for Bell Chambers to show some dominance in the in the centre there uh, and, and rough up Oscar McInerney in the centre there and Look, so while we did win the tap counts, our our actual clearances from there weren't that great because we were always, even if we won the, the clearance, it would be kicking under pressure, so not going to the uh, forwards' advantage. And just a disappointing night for Tom, and I hope the club realises the strengths and weaknesses of their players and you know, maybe they were a little bit unsure of what Sam Draper would do in his first game and whether they could have the confidence of him, you know, doing the ruck all, all day on his own. Um, and obviously we knew Sean McKernan was out, so he did need some assistance. But I just don't think Tom Bell Chambers is the one to be used in that way because he either needs to be the leading ruck or out. Um, next player, uh, Darcy Parrish. Uh, I gave him a vote. I thought he worked hard. Um, didn't get a lot of the ball, but did kick a very nice goal from the um, from the boundary. And yeah, he worked pretty hard, you know, despite not getting a lot of the ball himself. Yeah, he did. Uh, as we said, so 15 disposals, three clearances, four tackles. So, and that goal, of course, which was nice. So, you know, he kept trying. wasn't an outstanding game from Darcy Parrish, uh, but he definitely put his hand up as one of those who could hold his head up at the end of the game and say, I, I put my, my effort out there and uh, put my body on the line, which is more than you can say for um, you know for other members of the team. But, 
yeah, a solid game from Darcy. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, same. He's just is very good uh, in the midfield. You know, hasn't had as much opportunity as others, but he is learning his craft there. And I think you know his better years for the Bombers are going to be right in the middle there. So uh, every game he gets like this, where he gets a little bit more opportunity, let's see that as you know, a benefit to him becoming an even better player than he is today. But, uh, yeah, pretty good work by Darcy Parrish on the night. Next player was Dev Smith, another player we gave votes to. and as He's not the kind of player that um, you would think would be getting votes on what, 14 possessions and uh, a couple of goals. But, you know, when we only kick three for the game, it's impossible to forget who he is in terms of the way that he played. and uh, He's just not tackling with the same proficiency that he once did, but his uh, effort's still there. and I just don't know if it's a knee problem, or like in a fitness way, if he hasn't done the, the miles in the legs to, to get in there, but he seems a fraction off the pace. Yeah, he does, but like we've sort of said, he keeps pressing all game, keeps presenting. He's... He's just such a competitor. Even him at, you know, half fitness is a lot better than, you know, some other people who are at full fitness but just don't know how to get themselves into the game. So two goals, um, missed another opportunity, so could have had the three, 14 disposals, two tackles, four clearances. I think was a, a fairly solid effort from, from Dev and it's just an unfortunate thing. It's a lot easier to to get more of the pill when your side is dominating and uh, you're able to get the cheapies out the back, which always makes you look a bit better. But no, he's like to have as much impact as he did from a bloke who is down on form. Let's let's not sort of beat around the bush there. He's down on form, but he's not down on effort. And that's what keeps him in the contest each and every single week. So he'll he'll get better. But I thought he, he battled manfully on the night. Do you have anything else to add on, on Dev, mate? I uh, don't really, just the... You know, he's a goal sneak in, in a way, especially in a contest. And that's how he got his couple of goals. Well, you know, the one that he missed where he should have handballed off to, I think it was Braden Ham who was streaming towards goal. Uh, that was a poor decision, but, you know, uh, he's not alone in making poor decisions on the night. So, you know, I'm sure that will be uh, picked up on the review. And, you know, presenting the coaches actually look at the review and try to teach some learnings to our players. But, um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, he, you couldn't question his effort and you could never say you have questioned anyone's effort like on Devin Smith, the way he plays. So, yeah, that's about it to sum it up. Next player, um, gee, he's had a funny year, hasn't he, like Zach Merritt. Uh, he was very good last week. Uh, I just didn't think tonight, on the night he was able to get into the game that well. Like He might have got a bit of the ball. I think he had 18 possessions, but didn't really do much with them. And yeah, It's uh, really worrying out the way their midfield's really not gelling at the moment. Yeah, you're right. Like he, it's sort of funny because when you look at his stats, it doesn't look like that bad of a game. So 18 disposals. Two clearances, two tackles. Uh, interestingly, 333 metres gained, but to me, he didn't have much impact on the ground. And 
those, while the meters gained looks good, he didn't kick it to the forwards' advantage. So it'd basically be swing slingshotted out again from Brisbane's defence, who were just lapping it up all game. So one of those games from Zach Merritt where, look, yeah, he got you know a decent number of disposals for the shortened quarters allows, but uh, just not much impact on us. And as you say, a, a funny old game from him. So that'd be, a, I don't know, a subpar performance in my view from Zach Merritt. It wasn't lack of effort, but definitely a lack of polish. So I'm hoping he'll uh, yeah, re- regain his form in the games to come. Uh, yeah, what, what else did you have to add, Jane? Yeah, just a... He seemed to go missing for large periods of the game. And I haven't seen that from Zach prior to this year. I've noticed he's gone missing a lot in the games um, where he hasn't been in our votes, to be honest. He just seems to... uh, I I don't think he'd be copying our number one tag either. So I just think he needs some continuity uh, working with uh, Dylan and... Andy McGrath, and they need to have a, a better way of getting each player off the chain and backing each other up, you know, offering more shepherds and, you know, getting each other some space. So at the moment, it just feels like it's just bomb, bomb, bomb as soon as you get the ball, and it's not really um, benefiting the, the side, and it's making it hard for the players to actually get composure with the ball. So, yeah, let's hope. Uh, they can you know, fix that up because they're coming up against a very good midfield coming up in the GWS. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be something that we're going to have to witness for next Friday night. Uh, next player, and he seems to have been struggling, and uh, his stats aren't pretty, but I actually thought he was okay on the night, you know, just from a broad point of view in terms of watching him. He didn't seem to make any mistakes that were really glaringly uh yeah, you know, obvious, but yeah, Marty Gleeson, how did you see him? Eh? Yeah, I mean, like, and he actually had that, um, there was a good run of play there where he ran it out from the half-back line, took a bounce, uh, and then got us running forward. Uh, again, enough from memory, that's another opportunity wasted going forward because he didn't, didn't get a goal from it. But he is trying to um, regain that form that we know he's capable of. But, you know, really, eight disposals, one tackle, and that's really all he gave us, 147 metres gained. We need more from him. And again, it's not it's not effort. It's just a, uh, the touch that Marty hasn't been able to find yet. He'll get better. I've, as I said last week, I've got no doubt in my mind he'll get better. He's a classy player, but he's just down on form. Um, but we just need, you need more from your backs than that. We got... Sandly beaten all game, and we're leaving too much to your Ridleys, your your Hurleys, and all that to to mop up. And even like Sardi, um, obviously had a uh, sort of defensive forward playing on him, so he wasn't able to have the impact that he normally would. Uh, so that's where we need a Marty Gleeson to use the smarts we know he's capable of. Just wasn't able to put it out in the park. Uh, so I personally think he's one that'll be up on the chopping block uh, for the. Uh, for the side to be named uh, in the next game. But how about you, mate? How do you see his game? Yeah, just he's struggling to become that link in the chain player. Um, And 
he seems bereft of confidence a little bit, so he might be one that might have to make way this week. Uh, if they're considering bringing Connor McKenna back in, if he was just managed as be taken on face value, I'd imagine Connor can add a little bit more than Marty Gleeson currently. So, yeah, I just think with Marty, he's, he looks a little bit low on confidence and it's making it difficult for him to actually have a, an impact uh, on, for the team. So, yeah, let's hope Marty can get some form going. Uh, the club's definitely giving him opportunities, but I think the time has come where we need to start to settle down a bit with our selections. Uh, understanding we're playing these games in, you know, I think we're playing four games in three weeks, so there's going to be some management of players. Uh, but I think Connor McKenna adds a little bit more currently. And, you know, if he gets that hand right, he can be a more suited link-up player for the Bombers in the back line. Uh, the next player was Dylan Shield, and I said to you, mate, do you reckon uh, Dylan Shield wished he had a three-week suspension? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, oh. I actually feel for for Shield. He was uh, he was targeted pretty hard by Brisbane. I know. I sort of got frustrated because he was getting dragged off the ball all game. Like there was that play where the Brisbane player grabbed him round the shoulders and basically took his head off and ripped him off the ball, and he wasn't even within two metres of the pill. Uh, so that was really frustrating. He did, again, battle really hard throughout the night to try and make an impact. Like 17 disposals, uh, four tackles, and four clearances, uh, with 256 metres gained. But his kicking was woeful on the night, for mine. Um, he just... You know, look, if we were playing at Eddie Had, mate, he would have hit the roof, because some of those balls just skied really high up in the air and that is never going to work to your forwards advantage and certainly that's where Brisbane were just able to punch it out or you know man up so we weren't able to get the footy so really uh, Dylan Shield didn't help us going forward but again you know we're not helping Shield by putting a body on on his man and if someone's trying to tag him that's where we need someone to to put that player on his ass. Like we've seen Stringer do that a few times. You know, we've put him in there to actually use his uh, big frame to give Shield a bit of space, you know, with Stringer sort of laying a shepherd or laying a bump when it's needed. And, you know, we just don't have anyone big in the midfield there to able to do that. So Shield's definitely missing the likes of a Heppel or, or a Stringer. So it's, oh, like, and also like having two weeks out, your first proper game back, yeah, you got to find that that pace of the game again. So I'd say just a pass mark from Shield. Not where he would like to be at in terms of form for that game, but he'll get better, no doubt. Yeah, he did uh, struggle on the night, I thought, and even his kicking, really up and under kind of kicking, uh, didn't suit anyone. And uh, that's probably the knock on Dylan Shield is that sometimes he's kicking. And let's face it, last year was a majority of the time his kicking was very hard for the players to you know, mark because of the, the way that it tumbles forward to them. Um, I thought he's, you know, in his games he's played this year, he seemed to really improve on that. Uh, let's just uh, not, not uh, rate him too harshly on one performance. And he was coming back against a pretty good side 
um, in Brisbane. But yeah, he looked a little bit off the pace again, and you know, I think in a condensed season, missing two games is like missing three because uh, you're just not getting any um, any touch when you're away from the game. So yeah, let's hope Dylan has a better game against his uh, old side on Friday against GWS. Next player, uh, Aaron Francis. How did you see him? Um, uh, was it his best game? I don't know. He just looked a bit lost out there at times. He definitely tried hard and um, was like did make an impact. You know, a few punches here and there. Took a couple of marks. Made a couple of tackles. But there were a couple of brain fade moments where it's like he's uh, sometimes he just loses that game awareness. So he'd pick up the ball and look around, not realising there was a bloke right on his tail about to tackle him. So, yeah, just one of those games where he just wasn't at his best. Again, we know what he's capable of, so he'll improve. And he's really one... I don't know, I feel bad because I feel like some people... Like, we know how talented he is. I feel like some people go harder at him when he has an off game than others. Like... I saw some pretty bad comments on there like, oh, this bloke's just not up to it. He's got all the talent in the world, but he just looks lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I think he's just down on confidence or whatever it is. We need to back this bloke in. He, he can be an absolute gun. So like, he'll get better from the game. Yes, he was down on the night, but like, he's got a lot of promise. We need to be backing these blokes in rather than just heaping it on them when they have a bad game. So, you know, not the greatest game from Franger, but... He'll be better for the run, and uh, I'm going to back him in to you know, continue to improve because we know he can be such a great player for us, and I really look forward to him uh, being a solid member in our defence uh, for many years to come. How do you see his game, Jane? Yeah, that awareness one, I think the Charlie Cameron one comes to the mind. You know, he was loping for the ball, and you know, Charlie Cameron just had him in the radar. So... Um, you know, Francis, by the time he picked it up, he seemed startled how quickly Cameron had got to him. And, you know, that's the thing about knowing your opposition. Some people are quicker than others. And it's a bit like AMT for us in our forward line. You know, if you're a defender, you have to be wary of him. And uh, Francis just didn't show any composure in that moment. And uh, I'm not going to criticise him for one, one effort throughout the game. But, you know, it is a bit of a theme with him where he's... He's really got to be switched on to be able to know who he's playing, who's who are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and where can he use his strengths to benefit the side. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Aaron Francis is a player, and uh, he's one that we've fought pretty hard to keep at the Bombers, even though you know there was times where Aaron almost walked away from football. So, um, I think he's definitely got some good efforts uh, and some good performances. But, gee, wouldn't we love to have him back up to those 2018, the back end of 2018? You watch some of those games when he was playing at his best and yeah, he's a totally different player than he is now and he's had you know two years' experience since. So, yeah, let's just hope Aaron's not wasted talent. And I, I don't think he will be, but, you know, time doesn't wait for anyone. So... I hope Aaron's still working as hard as he was, um, you know, to get better at each win in every game. A player that has uh, 
cop some criticism during the year, and you know he wasn't he he found I think thirteen possessions on the night, but gee, David Zarakis is finding it really hard to get back to his prolific ways of finding the football. Yeah, he is, mate. And from these thirteen possessions, like none of them were handballs, and largely for mine ineffectual. 129 metres gained, two tackles. He's just really not making an impact on the game. You know, we're five and three, so we've played the eight games, and he's had one good game uh, of that. For mine, anyway, I mean, he had a solid game, I suppose, I think it was against Adelaide, but apart from that, yeah, everything else has been pretty subpar. And I know this, the club are always going to back him in, but for mine... He sh- he really should be dropped. He's capable of so much more. So getting these little cheap handballs, but not like largely going unseen for large parts of the game, we can't be carrying blokes. Like we had so many passengers on Friday night, um, and he was one of them for mine. I don't know. It's not lack of effort from David. It is just a lack of form. But the criticism you sort of mentioned that he's been copying, it's been warranted. You know, he he's a 200-game player, so should really be using his smarts to get around the footy. He doesn't have his pace anymore, but does have the run and should have the smarts to, to stay involved in the game. And he's just not able to do that right now. So, look, I'm hoping to see a, you know, in brackets managed beside his name as we name the lineup for next week. Uh, but I don't think it'll happen. But I don't know. What did you have to add regarding his game, Jane? Well, again, um, it probably sounds like I'm giving it to the coaches, but if you've got a bloke who's out of form, playing you on the half-forward flank where he hasn't played a whole heap of his football, it can be a no-man's-land area of the ground when your team is not winning possession of the ball around that area. So... If you want to get the best out of David Zarakis, you know, the, the club almost has to say, all right, we're going to play him for large parts on the wing, you know, to try and get him into the game. And I think the club's, you know, fast-tracking, you know, obviously looking now at Cutler and Ham as, as their uh, dedicated wingmen. But if you continue to play David Zarakis, then, you know, if you want him to get back to his best football, I think... It, he has to play in a position that's more familiar with to him. So, uh, you know, I, I think, as you said, they either should manage him. You know, if you don't want to shame him in dropping him, you know, ma- put the manage next to him and give someone else an opportunity or give David his best opportunity to shine and play him in a position where he's been, you know, much more prolific in terms of finding the football. And David, as you said, is a 200-game player. He's been a, a great uh, competitor for the Bombers for you know ten plus years now, but we need to see the best of him week in and week out because we're not a side that can carry players uh, from week to week. We need every player giving their effort, and it's not an effort thing with David. We know that, but he just can't find the football, and you know, the coaches need to give him a chop out. They even need to play him in a position where he can find the ball. Or they, you know, rest him up and get him as fresh as possible for his next opportunity. So, yeah, I thought he was a little bit disappointing on the night. As you said, those nine handballs, and a lot of those handballs, if you track those handballs, 
a lot of them were in tight in a contest where the ball wasn't even in to the advantage of the Bombers. So um, they were just handballs because he was getting tackled and he had to get the ball off. So, yeah, it's been a tough, tough season for David. And we know he's contracted for next year as well. So it's not like he's playing his last year of the footy with the Bombers. So we just need to find a way to get the best out of David. Next player was the player that you gave votes to in uh, Tom Cutler. Uh, it's his second game for the club, wasn't it? Because he, uh, he has got a bit of run and, as you said, he's got a, a really large kick on him. He, I think he kicked 65 plus, so he's a big kick of the footy. I think he's going to be a good player to persist with. Uh, I would have liked to see him kick a bit straighter. He had an opportunity that could have brought us tighter into the game, I think, in the second quarter. Um, and you know, I think he had another opportunity late in the game. So yeah, he needs to straighten up that goal kicking. But yeah, it was a pretty good effort for him, I thought. Yeah, like it had a couple of good runs on the wing there, took a few bounces, which was always good to see. So, yeah, look, I think while he's a bigger body player, he doesn't play like a, a an aggressive type. Um I suppose like him and Lankford are a bit similar in that they've got the bigger bodies but don't throw their weight around kind of thing. But otherwise I think it was a pretty solid game from him on the wing there, particularly when you know out we just weren't structuring very well. Eleven disposals, three marks, a couple of clearances. But really your role as a wingman is to you know, run the lines and get the ball going forward for us, which he obviously did with 394 metres gained. So I think a um, a solid game from Tommy Cutler. Do you have anything else to add for him, Jane? No, not much more to add with uh, Tom. I just think he's going to be better the more games he gets with the in the red and black. So you know, I'm sure he'll be named again next week and that'll give him another opportunity you know, to have that continuity of playing with new teammates. Uh, your next player is Tom. Is, uh, sorry, I was going to say Todd Ridley, the old bomber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jordan Ridley. Um, yeah, he was a great uh, kick of the footy. Um, he found it pretty tough on the night. We we still gave him second best on because of our lack of options, but he still used the ball pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So uh, I think you said earlier, like he's running at like over eighty percent, um, which is um, you know bloody good for. Uh, for a bomber, really, um, twenty disposals, four marks. Importantly, so a couple of those intercept marks, uh, two clearances, three hundred and fifty-six meters gained. So, not only did he hold up well in the back line, but actually got the ball going forward for us. And he does take those uh, dangerous kicks to to get us going forward to best advantage. So another solid game from him. Like yes, not as prolific as he has been in previous games, and he didn't stand out as much. But equally, Brisbane just played smarter on the night. When they were entering inside 50, they were able to basically pick their option, who they wanted to go to and raffle up um, who was going to have a shot for goal this time around because they just seemed to have numbers everywhere and we were giving them uncontested positions all over the ground. The back line included, uh, but Jordan Ridley held up his end of the bargain and thought he had a solid game. Yeah, another good game by Jordan and... As I said, the opposition's certainly putting a lot of work into him and a lot of his kicks had to be rushed on the night. But even with that pressure, he's still using the ball pretty well. So uh, hopefully uh, with the extra work that the defence or the forward line's going to put into 
Jordan Ridley, the opposition forward line, that should free up someone like an Aaron Francis and, you know, Connor McKenna if he comes back or Adam Saad where they can actually not just rely on Jordan to get the ball out and, you know, if they're going to put a couple of players on Jordan to try and stifle his uh, elite kicking, we should make benefit of that by getting some open play. So that's the other benefit of having Jordan in the side. Uh, the next player, we hadn't seen him for a while, James Stewart. Um, now, he only had the four possessions on the night, but as you said, the ball wasn't uh, delivered to him particularly well. And we both mentioned a horrible shot at goal near the end of the game. Um, yeah, he's got to do better efforts than that. But yeah, I thought it was a really rusty game by him, but I think he's definitely worth persevering with. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned like a few times, he was getting manhandled all game by two or three even Brisbane players and we weren't really giving him a chop out. Like that's where, you know, whether it's a Townsend or someone like that should be putting a body on those other defenders to allow James Stewart to have a decent run at it. Um, and equally, when we're going forward, uh, if we lowered our eyes and kicked it properly to Stewart as opposed to big high bombs in the air, which just allow the defenders to position themselves better you know and, and jump at the footy and not give James Stewart to extend extend those jukes didn't give him best opportunity but the bit I liked about it is he kept he kept presenting he kept trying to present an option had three tackles which was pretty good from a big bloke but yeah uh, he'll get he'll get better but having not played AFL level for over two years and you know no real there's not even VFL this year to come into form, he would have found it a very different game to come into as opposed to the scratches he's been playing previously this year. So um, better for the run. <laughs> How about yourself, mate? Anything to add? Well, the only thing I wanted to add also is that James is actually over with the side in Adelaide and he wasn't part of that well, three-club, intra-club scratch match. Um, so he hadn't played for a couple of weeks as well. So we know he's only... You know, getting straight back into senior footy is going to be very daunting for him. Uh, he's obviously relished the opportunity of actually getting a go at it, but uh, probably gave him an idea of how far back it is to get to where he needs to be. But the only way he'll improve is if he's given more games and you know, perhaps better delivery to make the most of his assets. But yeah, a tough night for James, but you know, it's good to see him back in the bomber colours. Michael Hurley, the acting captain, uh, he tried hard and I don't think it would destroy him. And it's been a while since we've seen Hurley play on the main forward and I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, he did. And like while Hipwood got one of his goals late, the other goal was a, a cheapie where, you know, he basically stood right next to the man on the mark and, um, yeah, a bit of it passed it to me and he slotted it, which was a classy goal, but really. He shouldn't have been allowed to do that. Um, he was basically in the line of the um, the Brisbane player, so he really should have had to go out of that. But you know, as it was, he kicked the goal, so good on him. But that's that wasn't a reflection of Hurley's performance. I thought he was again really solid for us. You know, he had 14 disposals, five marks. Importantly, in the back line, where he was just getting peppered in there all game, two tackles and a clearance with 386 meters gained for us. 
So another uh, pretty solid performance by Hurls. But again, we're not making it easy for ourselves when the ball continues to get kicked down there. And um, yeah, like our, our defenders have done an absolute mountain of work all year and continue to have to do that because we're not structuring well in the mids, on the wings, or even the forward line. But uh, yeah, what else did you have to add for him, Jane? Not much more. You know, he tries so hard. And as I said, I haven't seen him play on a on the opposition's main forward for many years, it seemed. Uh, he seems more to be suited as a release player almost. Um, you know, obviously, he's got a lot of experience. But yeah, it was good to see him play on Eric Hipwood. I, I honestly thought it would be uh, Zerk Thatcher would take that up that role. But uh, Hurley uh, definitely did a good job on the young buck. So uh, well done to Michael. And let's hope, uh, you know, Oh, it'll be interesting to see which way the club goes coming up this week with, with Jeremy Cameron. Um, I'm probably leaning to giving Zerk Thatcher a go if he gets another game. I'd love to see Zerk get that opportunity. Um, but, yeah, Michael Hurley might be in consideration for that task as well. The next player was uh, Jacob Townsend, and we kind of bemoaned all year. He just doesn't get a lot of the footy. And... Uh, that continued on the night. Uh, he certainly lined up a few players, you know, when when he saw them in their sights to tackle. But you know, he just doesn't get a lot of the ball, and you know, hence he doesn't get a lot of shot at goals either, does he? No, he doesn't. And lately, unfortunately, even when he does get a shot at goal, he hasn't been kicking them. So he got that opportunity late in the game and missed. Uh, normally, you would gobble that up, but he's clearly a bloke down on form, perhaps down on confidence as well you know really when you look at it he's not even listed as having laid a tackle all game we know he did uh, put some efforts in but he just looked clumsy like there was a a bit of play where he's just tried to line up it might have even been uh, Lockie Neal he just looked really clumsy I wouldn't have been surprised if he copped a week for it but um, looks like that's that's escaped the attention of the MRO thank goodness but he just looks like a bloke down on confidence, like he's not sure of what his role is. And to be honest with you, neither am I. And he has like low possession numbers. He hasn't really had huge output for us all this year, apart from that round one game where he kicked three or four goals. So I'm actually wondering whether he'll keep his spot in the side. I'm yeah, thinking at this point he, he might be you know, managed or omitted, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see uh, what the lineups are. Yeah, what else did you see, Jane? Well, yeah, he was kind of away from the ball a lot of the night, and we we talked about the ball went into our forward fifty a lot, but it was never delivered particularly well. So, you know, I don't blame him for that side of it. But what? Again, this is a coaching criticism. You've got a bloke who said, "I want to have a bit more midfield minutes," than I was at Richmond. And we've taken this guy and we thought, yeah, we'll just leave him down in the forward pocket and see how he goes. Um, you know, if if we had a, a world-class or, you know, top all-Australian midfield and we couldn't find minutes for him, I'd be comfortable with that. But the way we've played this year, uh, especially with Heppel out and Stringer out, why would you not give him a run on the ball for a little bit? You know, just freshen him up away from the forward line. You know, he can still tackle up in the midfield area. 
just one-dimensional coaching of of the way Jacob plays, and it's not working. You know, constantly he's having well under ten possessions a game, and most times under five. So, to me, it's like flogging a dead horse. You you can't expect it to get better if it's going to um, be used in the same position the whole time. So. Again, if you want to get the best out of Jacob Townsend, like I said with David Zarakis, play them in a position where they might actually freshen up a bit by you know, relishing the chance to win the ball where they'd like it rather than trying to win it in a contest on a half-forward flank or a forward pocket when they're surrounded by players. So, again, it's another area where we're just saying, why do we constantly roll out the same team, play them in the same position and keep expecting different results. It's not going to happen. Uh, we're not that kind of side that can carry players not getting the ball. They, we need to you know, rotate more and give players opportunities. So yeah, for Jacob's sake, uh, for him to hold his spot, I, I don't think we can maintain a season where he's constantly getting well under 10 possessions a game. And as you said, even when he has had some shots at goal lately, uh, must be something about Essendon, mate. We he started uh, that round one game. Remember that he was so accurate for goal, and we thought, oh wow, we've got a player who can kick straight. Well, he's been at Essendon for a while, and you know, he's got the uh, you know bad kicking at goal, the yips. You know, so yeah, yeah, maybe that's just me in a bad mood, but that's the way I feel about it anyway. So yeah, mate, we we yeah. soon kick that out of him. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the next player we've got is uh, Mason Redmond. And how did you think Mason went? Yeah, I think he was obviously well beaten by Cameron. Uh, gave him a bath, really. But he looked to you know, get a bit better in the second half. Uh, ended up with the 12 disposals. Actually had a shot at goal when he pushed uh, pushed forward and was trying to support us in the half-forward line there. and. Looked to get dangerous, but to only have taken the one mark, zero tackles uh, having been recorded, 317 metres gained. So again, he has used his run and carry in that second half to try and get us in more dangerous positions, but just hasn't been able to show that sort of polish we know he's capable of. Uh, so a um, pretty average outing from Mason, if I'm honest with you, and how I read it. Uh, but what about yourself, mate? How do you see his game? Yeah, Mason's another one that's really struggled in 2020. Uh, I thought he's showing some signs last week against Adelaide where he, he seemed to be growing a little bit of confidence. He's, he started to take some really important marks last week, but it was a bit of fool's gold because it didn't transpire to the next game. But again, he was given a tough task to start with and he was obviously, you know, if you're trying to build on confidence, probably playing on Charlie Cameron... Knowing that you've been beaten in contests wouldn't uh, make you give an extra step in your uh, spring in your heel, would it? So I would, um, again, question the coaching on where do you want to get Mason confident enough to use his uh, kicking? Because we know he's got a great kick on him. Uh, he generally can be a good mark as well. So for some reason, he just hasn't gelled in 2020. and. You know, we've both asked maybe the question, is he a player that we could push up the ground and maybe give him some wing time or you know, even push him up forward to see 
you know, if that freshens him up a bit because he seems a bit defeated in a way down back at times. So he's another player that the coaching team are going to have to get around to try and get the best out of him because currently uh, he's another player that just seems stagnant. He's not developing as the season went on. And, you know, uh, from last week's performance, I thought it was a bit downhill. So, but he had a few uh, teammates there. So, let's hope he's better for the run. Uh, Ned Carl really struggled too, didn't he, mate? He, you know, young player we know, but you know, he really struggled on the night. Yeah, he did. But again, you know, our structures were really poor up forward. Brisbane played us. You know, like a drum, mate. And, um, yeah, only got the three disposals. Had a shot at goal, but uh, unfortunately missed. Uh, is recorded as laying the one tackle. But apart from that, largely unsighted on the match. And we can't keep carrying blokes. I'm not putting on Ned Carl's shoulders. You know, he's obviously trying his best out there. But, you know, we were really shown up in the night. And um, when small forwards, um, they're never going to be the players that get, you know, 20-odd disposals and, you know, a whole heap of stuff. Like, they have to uh, have the smarts and be on the ball all the time to make the most of their opportunities when they're presented. But, uh, unfortunately, our smalls just weren't presented with a lot of opportunities, which means they're staffed for the footy. So, as much as I feel bad for him, uh, we can't keep carrying things like that. We need people to have that point of difference in you know what else they can add to the side and uh yeah i think ned carl will while he's um you know obviously tried his best in the few games we've had him in uh he just really hasn't been able to put it on the board for us so i see his spot in danger how about yourself mate what did you have dad for ned well uh, i hate to say i told you so but i felt with ned it was a good time to give him a rest on the, for this game you know, yes, he had the three shots a goal last week and kicked two goals, one, which very good for a first-year player. But I thought coming against Brisbane would be a good time to rest him and you know, bring in perhaps another player who might be a bit more seasoned against the, you know, a side that made the top four last year. Um, but again, we, we went with him and, you know, obviously we're not Nostradamus, so if he had to come out and kick five goals, would I have said, no, oh, I picked this, but... That's the way I felt because um, he wasn't winning a lot of the footy and he doesn't seem to have elite pace, if you know what I mean. So he's going to be, he's more of a smart player, I've been told, around the goals. He's uh, a hard worker, but he doesn't have lightning pace or anything like that. So you can't throw him on a wing and expect him to excel and he's not going to get a lot on ball time, obviously. So um, if he's not winning the ball down forward, what's his next option? So not being critical of Ned because obviously he's given 100% to try and represent the Bombers as best he can. But we've got a lot of those smaller type players and this is where the coaching... Has to, uh, you know, again, ask the question, are we putting the best side out there to give us a chance to win? And we've called for a few times and it's asking for another first year or a first game player to be brought in, but I, I don't understand the reluctance to give Irving Mosquito a bit of a run. Uh, he seems a bit more solid in terms of 
been able to take a tackle. And I just think he'd add a bit of excitement around the forward line. But, you know, what do you think on that one, mate? Like, I know it's a bit separate to Ned's game, but, you know, are you surprised the club is continuing to go with this small forward line? Yes and no. But realistically, um, you know, who else have we got? Because when you got Danaher out, now Laverde's out. Uh, Stewart hasn't been available until this week, really. Uh, same with Draper. Draper, you know, this is obviously his first game. Hasn't been available. Stringer's out. So we don't have a lot of big options. So I guess but they've gone with it. Isn't that the point? Is that a recruiting issue then? Yes. Because... To me, you know, and this is where it's hard not to be critical. You've got a bloke, well, you had two blokes, really, Joe, uh, James Stewart and Joe Danaher. They were, both weren't able to play large chunks of last year uh, due to groin, groin injuries. So if I'm a recruiter, and this is not to knock Adrian Dodoro, but he needs to take on board this kind of criticism if I'm a recruiter, okay, I'm two forwards down. I've got, I'm banking on them being able to come back. Now, ones if they don't come back, you know, the way that we remember them by, or you know, to full strength. What are my options? Okay, I've got Jake Stringer there, who's can be used on ball a little bit. He can kick a goal or two. What else? I mean, do you know what I mean? We haven't. You know, I know we got Noah going there. Um, who's another player who's maybe key position down the track, but he was coming off foot surgery himself. So to me, we haven't really done the right thing in terms of having the correct backups who can play forward. We've had a total reluctance to play hooker there at the start of the season uh, when we perhaps needed a forward. So yeah, I'm a bit baffled by some of the decisions there. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, I mean, like we had a chat about what do you think we should do, and I was all in on trying to get a a trade happening um, for like just a, a tall marking option. Um, so, like, I was even thinking, look, let's go for a Levi Casbolt or or something like that. Like, um, no, he hasn't had the best goal kicking record. But what he has demonstrated throughout his career is he can take a strong grab, um, and always presents a contest. And like that's the kind of play we need. Like even if they're not taking the grabs, because we do have some some good small forwards. Um, if they can just make that contest, bring the ball to ground for our small forwards to buzz around it and crumb some goals, like that'd be awesome. So it would have been good to go after like a um, a forward or even someone from, you know, around the state leagues, you know, obviously we're, we're not in a position to, you know, have scouted, you know, around the leagues and all the rest of it, but surely there would have been, you know, at least one or two tall forwards around the leagues, whether it's in the Sample, the Waffle, the VFL or whatever, someone who just wanted to crack at AFL footy and could present as an option, even as a rookie, but we obviously didn't go for that and we've left ourselves very small and our um, injury problems haven't improved. We're going with very small lineups. So, yeah, I agree it's an issue, mate. Um, yeah, probably the last thing I'll say just before we go on to Brendan Zerk-Thatcher, um, you know, when you look, think of it, 
Mitch Brown, um, yeah, he's not getting a game of Melbourne at the moment, but he's quite an important player for us last year and could play like a roaming forward role. And that's probably made that decision even more strange is that we were prepared to delist him, but we didn't really replace him with anyone of any note. And, yeah, it's just we haven't had that player to fill in the gap to be a, a high-roaming forward. And I think the club's paying for it. And uh, let's move on to Brendan Zirk Thatcher. Yeah, well, you know, obviously he hadn't played since round one, I think it was. Um, yeah, he missed where... after the COVID breach. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, he actually, like, his preseason was excellent. His round one was excellent. He looked really good. Uh, but then, unfortunately, he shot himself in the foot there with that COVID breach and hasn't been able to make his way back into the side since. So he's out of touch. Again, one of those players who's been able to play some scratchies, but that is by no way a replacement for, you know, even proper twos sort of VFL-level footy, nor AFL-level footy. So he'll obviously uh, need that time to get back up to the speed of the game. I thought he tried hard, um, but yeah, it was ultimately... Um, yeah, fairly, fairly down on the night. You know, seven disposals, two marks. You know, he had five kicks, and the total meters gained from those kicks was 61 meters. So that just shows he didn't have any depth on his kick. And there was a couple of times where you know Brisbane laid a smother. So you know, he he battled hard, but um, down on the night. But hopefully, better for the run. Yes, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he's worth persevering with. Uh, with Hooker out. I'd definitely, um, and as I said, I'd like to see him get the opportunity of playing under Jeremy Cameron. Now, that's a huge task, but I think Brendan Zirk Thatcher's up to it. So uh, I think he's definitely going to be a player of our future. So why not give him a bit of a, uh, a bit of a schooling or a learning, as uh, John Walsfold said, and give him probably the, you know, one of the best full forwards in the comp, the experience to play on him and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that perspires in terms of if they get if they are chosen to play. But I'd ho- hope Brendan Zirk Thatcher is part of the side next week. Um, the next player we've got is uh, Braden Ham, and gee, he can either be really good or you just don't see him. And I felt he was the latter on uh, Friday night. Yeah, he was, mate. Uh, just the seven disposals. Two marks, one clearance. Did try to have a couple of runs there, so he had the 221 metres gained for us. Only played 70, like 75% of the game time, basically. But for mine, like he'll have these good games, but then the next game he'll really get shown up for just how slight he is of frame. Like he'll be bumped out of the contest or basically held off the footy by these bigger-bodied players, and he just he just doesn't have the body to to burst through those at this stage of his career. He'll be uh, much better for the run. He's got a lot of class. He, he's going to be a really exciting player for us uh, for many years to come. However, he's still developing. And while he does have these off games, I want us to persist with him. I think he's, he shows a lot of promise, as I said. And, um, yeah, I think particularly for those wing players, yeah, you just need to build your game and build that confidence to, to run to run out the games and I think he's uh, still building but um, yeah obviously down on the night anything else you had to add for him Jane? 
Uh, he's just struggled to find the ball in the night, and uh, it's been a bit of a theme with him. He's either going really well, or you know, he's outbodied and just can't get into the game. I agree with you, mate. I think he's worth persevering with, but um, you know, how many times can we have players, you know, and and see them as some way the liability on the wing? Um, and that's where you know the club needs to make a decision. Do you give Ham a rest and put David Zarakis back on the wing, give him a bit more of a chance to win his own ball out there? I don't know what the answer is, but. Yeah, Braden Ham's definitely got a big career with the Bombers to come, I believe. But, uh, yeah, not, not much more to add on that one. The next player, Sam Draper, we both gave votes, mate, and it was a, uh, a good debut, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was uh, really pleasing to see him go for his mark, so he took a couple of those, and that big hanger on the wing was just beautiful to see. Had the 21 hit out, so did really well in the ruck. But, you know, following up, he follows up on his work, obviously. So he had two tackles and three clearances, which was just fantastic. And, you know, for a bloke who only had the nine disposals, he had 226 metres gained. So he actually did get us going forward. Had that ping at goal, which I mentioned earlier on, um, which was great to see. It was a tight angle. Like, he basically would have had to take the kick from on 50 there. So he's... uh, He's done well, the young bloke, and I'm looking forward to a long career ahead for him as well. How about yourself, mate? What do you have to um, add for him? Yeah, just he looks uh, really impressive, and, and it's going to be fun times watching him develop as Essendon's number one ruckman. Uh, so the next player we've got is Will Snelling. So Will had the 14 disposals in the end. Six tackles, so he kept trying at that pressure game. Like one of the very few who managed to lay a number of tackles, uh, and four clearances. So again, for Will Will Snelling, like Wally, like for me, mining didn't have a huge impact on the game, but he is continuing to run, put his effort and his body on the line. To be frank with you, uh, to try and get us going forward, but it's all under pressure. We didn't run in numbers in this game, so. We weren't able to sort of make the most of you know someone like a Will Snell and getting the ball and dishing it out to them, because you know while he had the fourteen disposals, the number of meters gained for him for this game was only thirty nine, so that obviously tells you when he did get the ball he was under a lot of pressure, it was a very quick handball out to someone you know maybe within a couple of meters or so, uh, only actually had the three kicks at the end of the game everything else was handballs. So, like, didn't have a huge impact of the game. Obviously not a result of effort. Uh, you can just tell by the, the tackle numbers, the clearances, that uh, he's doing everything he can to make the most of his opportunity at AFL level. But, again, like, he's he's an undersized bloke and um, he's not the type of guy you can burst through packs or anything like that. He can't take big hangers or, or whatever. He's, you know, solely a, a pressure and an effort-based player. He played his role, uh, but just wasn't able to make an impact for us on the night. Uh, but what did you have to add for him, Jane? I Again, he's spot on. He His efforts are unquestioned. He definitely tries very hard. He's just not an impact player at the moment for us, and 
Uh, I just think that we're too one-dimensional in the midfield. And you know, I'm sorry to put this in Will's area, but you know, I feel he's playing a lot of midfield minutes, and we're just we've got the one type of player, haven't we, in that midfield area? So I just think that's why it's easier for the opposition to hem us in. We don't have that big body player that can, you know, break lines and and get our little blokes out. So yeah, I think that's why he's not getting. Um, a lot of like a lot of the handballs that he's getting in tight or, or quick kicks, uh, they're not really noticed. And you know, he's another player that seems to go missing in the game. But he, when you watch the or you look at the stats after the game, he's actually had a fair bit of the ball. But because they're so rushed and quick kicks, sometimes you you just don't notice the player that is impacting on the game. So yeah, I think um, he needs needs to. Um, Again, be used in a position. They need to find a position for him and kind of settle him down in that. Um, you know, if he's going to be a half forward flanker, yes, give him a run on the ball. But I just think he's when you watch him, he actually gets you see him a lot on the half back line. So he's either pushing a lot further down to assist our back line, but um, yeah, we just can't use his strengths. He's quite a good kick of the footy. Would love to get him out in an open space and. Yeah, you know, maybe him have a shot for goal, but he's winning a lot of the ball on the back back side of the fifty, uh, defensive fifty. So it's hard to have that impact when that's where you're winning the ball. Uh, Adam Sard, he again played a hundred games on the night, which is fantastic for Adam. But uh, he had his work cut out for him on the night. But he he definitely still tried and um, yeah, he didn't get into our votes, but. He certainly uh, wasn't through lack of effort again. No, it wasn't. And, you know, Brisbane obviously played that defensive forward on him, so he couldn't have that impact. But, um, you know, ended up with 11 disposals, one mark, one tackle, uh, 230 metres gained for us. But, yeah, really didn't have that impact on the game. I think he's definitely one that, because Brisbane also locked down on Jordan Ridley, he wasn't able to release. He definitely missed a McKenna type to to break the lines with. Like sometimes we see because you can't cover all of our damaging half backs, you know, you know, if you're covering Ridley and Saad, you know, McKenna will get out or you know, vice versa, Saad will get out. But when you got Gleason who um seems to be lacking in that form, Brisbane were able to lock down on Ridley and Saad, so they weren't able to use their run and carry game for us. Uh, and that's where you see Saad's influence on the game uh, get diminished. But again, not through lack of effort. He's Mr. Dependable. You, you still saw him in this game chucking a fist every now and then. Um, you know, his pressure acts uh, were always there. But yeah, I think like a lot of people, uh, just a bit down on the night. Uh, but what did you have to add for Saad's game, mate? Yeah, just that he couldn't get out on the night. He, you could see Brisbane were doing a hell of a lot of work into Adam Saad. And yeah, we didn't get the benefits of him launching as many attacks as we'd like. But uh, he wasn't alone in having a a lower game by his average because uh, there was just so many of our teammates who were like that. So yeah, just a tough night at the office for all. And Adam Saad paid the price of that. 
Uh, next player was AMT, and we both talked about it a little bit. He he got a bit frustrated as the game went on, but um, he he couldn't find the ball either, could he? Nah, he he just looked uh, a step off at all game, and you you really feel for him uh, because you know, you saw him lead up a number of times, and we'd kick it over his head or on his head, uh, where Brisbane were able to just punch it away because he's not the tallest bloke you've ever seen. So they were able to just like easily deflect those balls out of the 50. And yeah, you definitely feel for Tipper because you know he's obviously trying to present the footy, but we're just not kicking it to his advantage. And that's where we need to think about things. If we are you know bombing it in long, Brisbane are just going to gobble that up all game. Whereas if you thought about it and you know lowered the eyes or even just kicked a chaos ball where. You know, that's obviously it's obviously harder for the forwards to read it, but for the um, backmen as well. But you know, our, our small forwards are pretty classy, and I think if you put a chaos ball in there, they'd be able to read it that slight bit better than the defence. And certainly, Tip has shown over the years he can read it as good as anyone. So he really showed his frustration in, in throwing his body around, particularly in that third quarter. You know, he's he was really just launching at blokes and. Just uh, you know, trying to lay as much damage as he could with his body. Laid the five tackles in the end. Had a couple of clearances. Just the seven disposals. So um, look, a, a down game from Tipper. So hopefully, uh, you know, we we give him a bit better opportunity going forward than we did in this particular game. How about you, mate? What do you have to add for him? Yeah, well, it's hard to find the ball when the players won't kick it to you, and that's what it looked like. It's just a couple of times he led really hard and. The players decided just to bomb it to the you know top of the square instead. Uh, so it is hard for him. And they did try to the club tried to finally put him in the ball and give him a bit of opportunity to run onto it. And as soon as he was placed there, he he found a bit of the ball. But um, yeah, I think his best work obviously is done in our forward line. You know, um, yeah, it was a tough night at the office for AMT. But as we've said previously, he. <laughs> Uh, that was felt by the entire playing group. It was a tough game and tough game for AMT. Is that it, mate? Are we finally through them all? Yeah, through them all, mate. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was a tough one to go through, but yeah. Well, I still, you know, ringing my ears is those words. We won't bag the players. We won't bag the players. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm certainly not trying to do that. And when we're just supporters ourselves we don't do the hard work of training and you know um you know having the opportunity to represent the bombers but we can certainly make a comment on what we see and uh, i'm hoping to see a much better performance from our team in general uh come friday night and a lot of people said to me you know with Essendon when i watch them uh you can kind of tell if they're on within the first five minutes of the game and it's hard to argue against that because that's, you know, probably the Collingwood game was probably the one where we looked all at sea and then came back and won. But, um, yeah, it's, I can get why some people would say that because we looked off the pace as soon as that game started. So, um, yeah. All right, well, so we'll have a break, mate. We'll wrap it up um, next episode. or Sorry, our next uh, session where we just talk about our predicted changes and, um, we'll see how many changes come on Thursday night but uh, let's talk about that after the break
You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we're talking about our predicted changes for the side to be named on Thursday night. Mate, do you want to start? Yeah, no worries, mate. So, look, a lot of these changes are for team structure, really, but also we've we've had a few blokes that just have been down on form. Well, I see a couple of those blokes missing, hopefully to freshen up the body. Um, and look, you can just put a manage next to the name um, so they don't have to be, uh, you know, shamed as omitted or whatever. But realistically, if we're a... If we're a serious club, um, you don't mind making statements by saying omitted if someone's not performing. But, you know, be that as it may, I see coming out of the side, uh, Ned Carl. Um, as I said, like, we've got so many smalls, but we're just not able to structure up well for them to have an impact. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Carl's an, a victim of that. I see Bell Chambers coming out. I don't see us being able to use the two Ruckman, particularly if we're not doing it effectively. And with um, McKernan, well, I see him coming back into the side straight away, so that'll allow for that uh, backup Ruckman there for Draper. So Bell Chambers out. Uh, Gleeson, I see coming out of the side, uh, as I said earlier. So he's been down for a number of weeks, uh, hasn't been able to find that form. And yeah, again, I, I, I see McKenna coming back into the side, who I think can offer that bit more, uh, tends to play with a bit more confidence. Um, and I also see Townsend missing. I think, you know, he's had, like, so many games where he hasn't been able to impact the game for us. Like, yes, you know, we love him for his uh, tackling efforts and that kind of thing, but he just looked a bit clumsy for me um, on Friday night. Uh, when he Even when he did try and tackle, wasn't able to make him stick. Or So I think he just, again, looks like another bloke who's a bit down on confidence. Even when he does have a shot at goal, he hasn't been kicking him, so... Uh, I think someone should be coming in for a bit more opportunity. So into the side, um, Langford, uh, you know, he's missed the week and I think he's actually a really important player for us. So uh, I want him back in. Um, Smack, so want him back into the side. I think with him and Stewart playing in the forward line, uh, that should allow, if one of them's getting double teamed, for the other to get out and get dangerous around goal. So hopefully that'll be a good tandem play there. Um, as I said earlier, so McKenna, I'll see him come back into the side. I just love his running carry, and I think Sardi uh, really missed that too. And it's it's really good having those two um, halfback running players where one's right footer, the other's on the left, uh, to really sort of break the lines there and get the uh, opposition guessing. Uh, and the last one I see coming in, perhaps, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but uh, Mitch Hibbard. I think, you know, even though we won the clearances, you know, against Brisbane, I think we really missed that bigger body. So you had blokes like, you know, Snelling, Smith and that trying to get the clearances out. But then we didn't have the players coming through with that running power or that uh, that real ability to kick it well inside inside 50. And, you know, when you're not able to dish it out to classy players... Like, you know, Snelling, he's got a really good kick on him. But equally, you've got blokes like Ham, who hasn't been able to get into the game. I want to persist with Ham and keeping in there. And I think having a bigger-bodied player like Hibbard to actually get into the midfield and dish it out, if we do actually play him in the midfield, which he, he should be. I mean, you know, we actually rookie a bloke as a big-bodied mid and we've been playing him in the back line or, or on a wing. Let's play this bloke in the midfield, uh, give him some confidence, 
because I think he can actually play a really good uh, role for us. So there, the the outs and ins I see uh, happening, mate. But how about yourself? What are your changes you'd make to the side? Yeah, I'm the same with you. I've got Bell Chambers out for McKernan. I think that's a logical step because Bell Chambers, unless he's going to be played number one ruckman, you're not going to get the benefits of him being in the side. So I bring McKernan in. It gives you another forward option, plus he can um, spell for Draper when he's having a rest. Um, yeah, I think obviously Kyle Langford comes back into the side and um, I'd be looking at... Uh, Ned Carl to come out for Langford. And again, Langford can play forward if you need him to. He also can be a defensive player and he also can give you a bit of a chop out on the wing. So I think he's a player that you want in. I'd have Marty Gleeson out for Connor McKenna. That to me is just a player that adds a little bit more pace and uh, I think he's still best 22, Connor McKenna. And I think he adds more than... Marty Gleeson currently. The other player I've got in, um, it might be controversial, I've got Dylan Clark to get a go. Uh, he hasn't played all year, but I think it's time to go a bit harder-edged player. And yeah, I'd actually give Braden Ham the managed uh, title this time and uh, give Braden Ham a break because we've got a Wednesday game following this, I believe. So I would um, give Braden a, a break and yeah, bring in Dylan Clark to bring a bit harder edge around the ball as an option. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see which side gets named. But, you know, there's got to be players that we haven't mentioned also. Like, is it time to now to play a Matt Guelphy? You know, someone who might not have the same polish as some good players, but they actually work incredibly hard to make a contest because current side being named um, you know we're just grading them especially in the last three games um, we haven't been up to scratch so we definitely need some changes yeah and like he's he's one name that you'd be comfortable with Guelphie coming in um, he's a bigger body than some of the blokes we've we've got another name that could potentially be bandied about is uh, Begley that bigger body bloke who can play forward a bit you know, from reports, he seems to be playing all right in the scratchies, but again, they're scratchies. They are not even VFL games, let alone AFL games, so we don't know if that uh, formal sort of transfer to the AFL level. Uh, but, yeah, there are some options, and again, he presents that sort of bigger-bodied option uh, and potentially could, uh, you know, have a couple of runs in the midfield if we needed him to. Uh, but then it comes down to, to fitness and, you know, we'll, I suppose we'll have to back in the, you know, the coaching uh, and the selection panel to know who's playing well and how fit they are because obviously we, we haven't even been able to, uh, you know, look at training properly as a, like, let alone the game. So there's there's options there, but, yeah, we've still got a lot of our guns out and that's where we're really missing the sort of class in the side and... They're all going to be out for quite a long time yet, so we've um, we've got to back in the blokes we've got on the park. So let's hope the changes we do make um, yeah, help us improve against the Giants, who will be a very tough task ahead. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's wrap that up here now. Um, and to all those who actually listened to this whole podcast, well done to you. 
shows your commitment to the Bombers and our podcast. So thank you very much. But um, yeah, our next game, uh, let's hope for a better result. And we look forward to the side being named on Thursday for the side to play GWS. So thanks for listening. Until next time, go Bombers. Go Dons.